the facade of a smile. We hide it behind our countenance where your heart is desiring for God to break the chains. For God to upend the circumstance. For God to show his hand. I believe it says in Isaiah that his eye is not blind. That it does not see your needs. His hand is not shortened that it does not save his people. His ear is not heavy that it does not hear your cries here this morning. And it may not be audible. We may not hear it right now. But your heart is crying out for Jesus to move. Your heart, the substance of who you are, is crying out for Jesus. Amen. I give honor to my pastor. I know that he is more than likely monitoring the live stream as we speak. I was talking with Brother Charles, and he said that pastor always, when he's out of town, he gets that five-minute prior text, everything good. So, Lord bless you, pastor. We miss you, and we're praying for you. Amen. I'm going to be reading in the book of Luke, chapter 21, verses 25 and 26. If we feel comfortable in standing, can we stand to our feet to honor the infallible, perfect word of God? Amen. That has gone through the persecution of time, and it still stands. Amen. Luke chapter 24, verses 25 and 26. And there shall be the signs in the sun and the moon and the stars upon the earth. Distress of nations with perplexity. That means they're dumbfounded. They're shocked. The sea and the waves roaring. Next verse, please. Men's hearts failing them for fear. We're going to focus on that particular line right then. Men's, not just male, but female. Mankind's hearts fail them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming to the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Men's hearts failing them for fear and looking for the things that are coming to this earth. If we feel comfortable in doing so, one more time, can we put our Bibles down? Can we close our eyes and lift our hands and just begin to speak in this sanctuary? Not worried about to your left or your right, who's in front of you, what, where you're going to eat after this. God has brought you for this moment, such as a time as this. Begin to lift your voice, apostolics. You were born with the sound. You were born in this truth with the sound. Begin to lift your voice. Lord God of Jacob, we thank you, Lord, for our church. We thank you for our collective. God, we thank you that you've ingrained us. God, you've grafted us into the body of Christ. I pray, God, for my son, for your sons and your daughters. God, for my brothers and sisters right now, Lord God. Lord, we lift up our pastor as he's traveling. God, I pray for traveling mercies. But God, I pray, Lord, in addition, God, to the service. God, you begin to move. God, you begin to operate and allow, God, somebody to open up their heart. God, thank you, Lord, for being the caretaker of my heart. God, you are the steward of my heart. You are the one, oh God, that lovingly cares for my heart, God. And Lord, tonight or this morning, God, I pray, God, that you move, God. You move on your sons and your daughters. Move on those, God, that don't know what to say. Move on those that have forgotten what to say. Move on those that, God, have feel so much shame that they feel they can't say anymore, God. When you say, come unto me, those that are burdened heavy laden. And I will give thee rest. God, let there be peace in this place. In Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning?
Amen. This morning, I'd like to preach this particular thought, the value of the hearts. The value of the hearts. This morning, this particular message that the Lord gave me, I, I pray that it speaks to individual lives. What I say here this morning may be uncomfortable, but it's for the best interest to allow God to move in that uncomfortable situation. What I say may open up wounds, but allow God to be your healer. God deals in the condition of our lives, the open wounds and the scars and the memories and the pains and the hurts. And God desires nothing more than to bring you, as David said, into the shadow of his wings. He is our hiding place. And I pray this morning that we listen and the words that go forth speak to your individual story. We are a, an anthology of stories in this place. We've come from different backgrounds. And we're integrated into the body of Christ and the collective of Christ. But we have stories and journeys of God's hand interlaced in the good times and the bad times. In our pain, in our happiness and celebration, God is there. And I believe that as such a time as this and the, the spirit of the age that we are going to have to talk about it, certain things that is going through in our society and going through that is infiltrated into our churches from the youngest to the oldest. It's our heart. This year, this last year and a half has been very, very difficult for the world, for our nation, for our state and individuals. It's been talked about, it's been hounded, but that pandemic has really set in motion many things in the individual lives. It's been fear, it's been uncertainty, it's been breaking people up into groups, it's been going after each other, it's been decisive, it's been political, but there's fear and uncertainty and loss that has come from it. And that set into motion where we are as a society. And I pray that you open your eyes to see what is happening. God asked us to be situationally aware of what we go through. It's called a discernment. To discern what is going on. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't just encounter flesh and blood. We encounter the spiritual. COVID-19, I mean, we've had multiple casualties throughout this world. We've had casualties in this church We've had family members and precious loved ones that have been casualties, and it's heartbreaking. And it tears out our heart, and it stays with us, and we carry it. I think about all the political unrest that is happening, the decisive nature of our country, and how media perpetuates the decisiveness between individuals. But Jesus warned us that these things are coming. He said that it would be the beginning of sorrows, that it would be nations rising against nations, individuals against individuals. It would be decisiveness, people turning in each other. In the book of Luke, a few verses before our particular scriptures, it says that parents will turn in children, children will turn in parents, loved ones will turn in. It would be a decisiveness. It's an uncertainty. And we see it coming. We have dealt with so much on the national level, but in an individual lives. We've seen civil unrest this last year. We've seen how what was the norm 
has broken down into uncertainty and unprecedented. We read about it overseas, but it's come to our houses. This is our country hasn't been in this place in a multitude of years. It has happened before, but it's come to our houses and it's begin to whittle away in our lives, whether we realize it or not. And those that have dealt with things that have endured things, it's exacerbated the issue. And a lot of people joke around, but Texas had a a snowstorm that was unprecedented. 250 records broke, and I believed it was shared at the state conference that it was very difficult for individuals, where it was very traumatizing for individuals. Lives were lost. This last year and a half has been such turmoil. But Jesus said, all of this is just the beginning so I can come back. But we've got to endure and we've got to survive. And to survive, we've got to go into our first aid kit and do a self-assessment if we can survive. Am I physically fit to survive? Am I spiritually fit to survive? Because God is with us, but we've got to understand, am I wounded? I remember being in the army and, you know, when they came to first aid, and if your battle buddy's injured, you've got to check yourself first. You've got to check, okay, am I, am I bleeding? Am I injured? Do I have these things? And then I'm able to go and help my battle buddy. But it's the same thing with the church. Before we could go and help, we've got to do a self-assessment. Am I bleeding? Am I right, elder? It's a self-assessment. If it was a gas attack, I've got to put on my mask first before I help someone else. Amen. I don't know about you, but the news has been the bane of my existence for this last year and a half. You could ask Brother Scotty, we've made a vow. We've cut down on the news. The news perpetuates nothing but negativity. Those news cycles that push notification, this person died, this is COVID, this is the political situation, it's on and on and on. It weighs on us. It causes fear, it causes uncertainty, it causes anger, it causes frustration. Where all these things are transpiring, and whether we realize it or not, it's whittling away on ourselves. Let's talk about our individual lives. That's on the national level, state level, but our individual lives, what stress have we gone through this year? It's been uncertainty, hasn't it? We've endured so much. We've had family situations that we've never gone through before, and we've endured it. And it takes its toll, and it weighs down on us. It weighs down on our hearts. It weighs down on our walk. It weighs down on who we are. Amen. There's been health issues with COVID. With We've had two heart attacks in this church. We had a cancer scare last year, but God has shown his hand. Amen. But that stress still weighs down. All this bombardment of situations weigh us down. Whether we realize it or not, we become spiritually fatigued. And before we go on in this walk, we have to do a self-assessment. I'm not talking sin per se. I'm talking about what is my spiritual stamina? What is my spiritual place? Amen. We've had deaths in this church. Two precious, precious individuals in this church. We've had family members that we've lost this year. Life, life, the cares of life are hard, but God is with us. The joy of the Lord is my strength. But let's not take away it. It attacks. It weighs us down. 
the uncertainty of things, the loss of things. And I can't even comprehend. I have not been in this situation. But God is good. God is my, is my caretaker. God is the one that loves us. Amen. I don't know if you notice in how much you get out every day. But in my work area, I work at an elementary school. And you're beginning to see the results of this last year and a half. I look on the faces of our teachers and I've never seen the ones that always demonstrated such joy and positivity. Every single one of them are just beat down this year. And many of them know that I'm a minister and they say, Mr. Brown, I, need just, I just need you to pray. Can you just pray? Hey, can you please pray for my daughter? And, and she goes to church. I mean, at least she goes to church, but she is just beat down. Everybody has a face of just being beat down and fatigued. Everywhere I go, within my, within my work organization, within the church, it is a face of being emotionally, mentally, and spiritually fatigued. Am I the only one that has observed this? Everywhere you look, it is as people are beat down. And it's even in our congregations. But God is for you. I have a fellow technologist that is a Jew. And we've had some great conversations. And he's very amazed that a Gentile like me would know so much about Judaism. Amen. It's up. I'm grafted in, baby. Amen. But he called me this week. He called me this week. He said, John, because we talk and, you know, uh, technology fixes and troubleshoots. He says, John, do you know a synagogue on post? No. What's going on, man? He's like, this year, I, I just, I'm about to break. And this is a person that has been through it. I've got to go talk to a rabbi. I'm like, well, this is a good start. You could come to my church. Well, we'll, we'll find out, but I need to talk to somebody. I need to talk to a rabbi. And so you have individuals that are, are becoming to that place where they're turning back to God. And it's an opportunity to bring them to Jesus. But we have to self-assess. We have to look. What is it? It's happening in this church. And you don't have to stay in that same place. So, Luke chapter 21. Very much like Matthew 24. The disciples asked Jesus, Lord, when are you coming? Let me list off the things that have to happen. And it says... That the hearts of men shall fail them. Men's hearts failing them for fear. That is what is happening. The hearts of individuals are failing. I'm not talking just a, cardio, uh, a cardiac arrest. We're going to talk about what that word means here in just a second. But the hearts of apostolics and individuals throughout our nation. Their hearts are beginning to fail. They're struggling to go on. Our heart is one of the most precious things that we have that God wants to be the caretaker for. This has been the year where hearts have been attacked like no other. The enemy knows if you break down that heart, your morale and your willingness to go on is gone. And he does it through our mental health. Mental health is linked to... Our heart. 
That word heart is not just that organ that, or excuse me, that muscle that pumps blood throughout your body. Your heart, we're going to talk about what it means in Greek here in just a second. But this is what I am seeing. I pulled up some statistics from the mental health organization. 19.86% of adults are experiencing some kind of mental illness. That's stress. That's depression. That's oppression. That's the cares of life weighing down on somebody. It's become so taboo that we don't talk about it. Where Jesus wants to address it. Amen. Suicidal ideations have gone up to 4.5%. 15% of youth experience major depressions in this last year. Do we talk about it? Do we address it? It's because the heart of individuals are under attack. Our young people. You see anger. You see frustration. You see depression. You see it in our churches. You see it even in elementary kids. I cannot tell you how behavior has changed in school since this last year and a half. Because they have not had that consistency, that structure. That happens. Who knows what has happened at home? What is it that is bombarding our heart here this morning? Amen. Over 2.5 million youth have some kind of depression. Wow, that's a lot. Over half of the adults with depression do not receive treatment. The percentage of adults with depression go ahead and bypass any kind of treatment. And 60% of youth with any kind of depression do not receive any kind of counseling. This is, these are concerning stats since COVID started and it's gone up. Our hearts. Where is our heart? How is the condition of our heart? Some of you feel that there is no reason to go on. It is the heart that has been beat down that you think that there's no reason to go on. And it has affected us that mentally because your mind and your mindset does affect your heart. What God cherishes more than anything, it's our young people. And it's our, that from the youngest to the oldest is in dealing with situations and pain and depression and suicidal ideations of our hearts. And Jesus cares for nothing more than your heart here this morning. And many of us are afraid to talk about it because it's taboo in some social circles. But it is a serious condition that God wants to remedy is the condition of our heart, is the pain of our heart, the scars of our heart, the wounds of our heart that God wants to carefully and delicately take care of. What is our heart? It comes from the Greek word of cardia. That's where we get cardiac. Amen. That Greek word means... Of course, it means the organ in the body, but it is our substance of who we are. It denotes the center of all physical and spiritual life, the vigor and sense of physical life, the center, vigor, and sense of our spiritual life, the soul, the mind, as the, fo the fountain and seed of thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purpose, and endeavors, the understanding of intelligence, the will to go on. The enemy 
All he has to do is destroy your will to go on, and he's won. He doesn't even have to fire a, a, a fiery dart. He just has to break down our heart and our will to go on. Our heart is who we are. It's our will to go on. It's the substance of who we are. And it says that the, the substance of will of men shall fail them for fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. It's who we are. It's our substance. And tonight, it's our past that has decimated our hearts. It's the circumstance of this last year and the loss that we've gone through, the things that we've gone through, our trials and tribulations have obliterated our heart and our willingness to go on is beaten down. And God wants to mend your heart here this morning. You've come to the right heart surgeon. Amen. God wants to take care of that precious heart, your willingness to go on. Not that muscle in your chest that is beating, but I'm talking who you are. What God fearfully and wonderfully made, God wants to tenderly and carefully and delicately take care of his son and his daughter. Because we know that the willingness and the substance, the heart of individuals will fail for fear. God is with you. And God cares for you, and God loves you, and God cherishes your heart because He made your heart. He knows your heart better than you do. He has the blueprints to the chambers of your heart. And in each chamber is like the secret chamber of secrets. Hiding that pain, hiding that sorrow, hiding that betrayal, hiding that loss. And God said, if you would just let it out, allow me to clean it out. Allow me to put joy and peace and restoration in the Lord. Allow me, will somebody allow me to make beauty from the ashes of your hearts? Joy in the morning of your hearts. Dancing for morning. Somebody has given your heart to the wrong person and they have broken your substance. Somebody has given your heart to the wrong situation or the wrong person and they weren't the caretakers that Jesus is of your heart. I have been there. I have loved and I have lost. But Jesus is the one that cares for your hearts. Amen. In the book of Kings. We remember the great prophet Elijah who never tasted death but was caught in the whirlwind. We find this great prophet hiding in a cave. Right after God called down fire and the 450 prophets of Baal were killed, God showed his hand to all of Israel and all the prophets of Baal and all of Jezebel who the God of Israel was, the one true and living God. But you find this prophet hiding in a cave. Why? Because Jezebel sent a letter. UPSed it, writes to Elijah. Direct mail, I'm going to kill you now, Elijah. And he went and hid in a cave. He was hiding because of his depression. I believe that his uncertainty... And fear got the best of his will. Fear got the best of his substance at the time. This great prophet that called down fire twice was hiding in a cave. 
And many of us here this morning, because the condition of fear, fear has superseded the substance of our hearts. Fear has superseded the, the word of God that builds up our heart, that strengthens our hearts. We are hiding in a cave because of the, the beating of our will and our substance. This great prophet, anything that Jezebel threw, he would just call down fire. But he hid himself in a cave. And then here came God. Elijah, we just had a conversation on Mount Carmel. Why are you hiding in this cave? Oh, Lord, fear, right? Jezebel is going to kill me. And there's no more prophets. No more prophets. Nobody worshiping you anymore. And God said, I'm here to tell you that I'm still with you. And there's still thousands that don't bend the knee to Baal. But this is where we need to hear tonight because of our hearts. We are hiding in our caves like we are spelunking in a cave. We are hiding in a cave. We've become cave dwellers because of fear. It's not necessarily a fault, but circumstances has driven us to that cave because somebody misused your hearts. Somebody abused your hearts. Somebody manipulated and took advantage of the vulnerability of your hearts, where Jesus is the caretaker of your hearts. So God told Elijah, Elijah, what, what are you doing here? All this has happened, Lord. She's, she's going to get me. Step out of the cave. So God told Elijah to step out of the cave, and he looked out, and there was a fire. But God wasn't in the destruction of the fire that Elijah was seeing. There was an earthquake, but God was not in that earthquake. There was a strong wind that blew down uh, trees and structures and rocks. But God was not in any of the destruction that he was witnessing. God was in that still, small voice. And many of us need to stop looking at the wind in your life blowing things down and attacking your heart. Many of us are focused on the fire. And many of us are focused on the earthquake where God is saying, listen to that still small voice that speaks from the chambers of your heart. My heart breaks for those that have had a heart that has been misused. A heart that was taken advantage of. A heart that was betrayed here this morning. God is the caretaker of your heart. God loves you. And look, analyze. God, I trust you. And the problem is that we, we put a stony exterior on our heart because we're afraid of somebody misusing it again. But the problem with that, when you put armor on like that, is God can't penetrate unless you open it up. I don't rend my garments anymore. I rend my heart to God. Amen. God, enter into my heart and repair there is still hope. If you are breathing here today, there is hope for your heart. Amen. But we're in our cave. And God has shown you, the, has called down fire on your circumstance time and time again. But we're in the cave. You're not meant to be in the cave. But there's an earthquake. I'm not in it. There's a fire. I'm not in it. I'm in this still small voice. John chapter 14 verse 1. Let not your substance and your will, your heart, be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor 
Man, we have been laboring this last year and a half. And you are heavy laden. You are burdened down. And God, I will give you rest. Next verse, please. Take my yoke upon you. A yoke, it is not an egg yoke. It is a yoke that went between two oxen. And they were able to pull. They were burdened animals. And a yoke went over their necks. And Jesus said, hey, I need you to hook up to my yoke because it's, I am meek and lowly in hearts. And you shall find rest on your souls. Hook up to him instead of yoking onto our burdens. Amen. But many of us have had that yoke just like Jeremiah was walking around with the yoke with the burdens of Israel on his shoulder. We put on that yoke of pain where God breaks the yoke of bondage. Amen. Many of us have come into this place spiritually with the yoke on our shoulders and it is beating down our heart where God says, let me take it and give you rest. I am your caretaker. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14. Evan, do you mind reading please, ma'am? Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Ephesians 6 Ephesians 6 talks about the whole armor of God spiritually in a breastplate was designed to protect that soldier from attacks to the vital organs and to the heart. God wants us to put that breastplate on, not that rock, that stoic rock of pain that we put on, not the stony exterior we put on because somebody misused our heart, but standing in joy and peace in the Holy Ghost and having the armor that only he puts on to protect your hearts. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 27. Written by the wisest man ever, Solomon. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Amen. And let them not depart from thy eyes. My words, keep them in the midst of thy hearts. For they are life unto those that find it. And health to all flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep it. Protect it. Be a caretaker for it. Hold on to that heart. Love your hearts. Other people may misuse it, but love it and give it to Jesus because he is the caretaker of your heart. Put the word of God on the tablets of your heart. That builds up our hearts. Psalm 73 and 26. And this is for the time such as this. Psalm 73, verse 26. Amen. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart. And my portion forever. My portion forever. Not just for a year. Not temporarily. He is my portion forever and ever. Amen. I fail. My flesh fails. My carnality fails. Who I am as a human fails, but God never, ever fails. He is the strength of my heart. Many of us here this morning have, our hearts are broken. 
we feel comfortable in doing so this morning, can we come to this altar as our ensemble comes? If you feel comfortable in doing so, can we come to the front here this morning? These altars are open. Can we close our eyes and put our hands over our hearts? Oh God, speak. Thank you, God, my heart, God, so broken.